Welcome, everybody, to another edition of What Are We Building? Thank you for tuning in to this new episode. I'm in the 103.5 FM studios, underwritten by the Bank of Sun Prairie. How's everybody doing? How was your fourth? Hope you had a good holiday weekend. Uh, we kind of just stuck around town, didn't really travel anywhere. It, uh, uh, we did a little cookout at some friends of ours. You know, I had the burgers and brats going. And, and then actually a friend of mine where we were at had invested a pretty good sizable sum of money in uh, some fireworks to light off. So we got the sparklers out for the kids, you know, as it got dark. And then, you know, just hanging on the driveway and, and blowing some stuff up. And uh, about 20 or 30 minutes in, we, we got a little visit from the Sun Prairie Police Department. that uh, And they informed us that the fireworks that uh, my friend had invested in were, were of the illegal variety. Apparently there's a local ordinance that uh, says, uh, you know, fireworks can't, go off the ground and so that uh, kind of put a damper on on things it was not uh, not real fun everybody was you know having a good time we had kids around they kind of want to know what you know what's going on where the police here or, or mommy or daddy getting in trouble and uh, you know so it's kind of a, an interesting situation a, a couple things come to mind you know you kind of kind of think about that a little bit and, and and you know if you haven't read the declaration of independence recently i mean this is what we're celebrating right the fourth of july independence day and uh, and it's it's very well written. Thomas Jefferson did a good job with it. And, uh, and he talked about the inalienable rights that we have endowed by our creator of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And what you realize is the police have the power to take those rights away from you. Uh, that's as agents of the state, of the city. Um, they, can, they, they, ha- they have the ability and the power to take that away from you. And that's what they did. If you, know, if you take it in reverse order, uh, pursuit of happiness. That's what we were doing. We were pursuing happiness. We were we were doing a pretty good job of it, I think. And uh, and they essentially took that right away because uh, we weren't following the rules. And you know, but if you keep going with that, it, it, there's a possibility to had someone gotten you know been drinking or gotten belligerent and gotten you know confrontational, handcuffs could have come out and somebody could have ended up in a cop car. Or, uh, or thrown in jail, you know, temporarily, and taken away our liberty. Uh, the, the police have the, right, have the ability to do that. And as we've seen over the last few years, they have the ability to take away, when they have that gun uh, on them, they, they have the ability to take a life. And, and it, it calls to mind sort of the privilege uh, I have as a, a white middle-class person in a nice neighborhood. I don't think anybody ever was fearful for our lives when they see the cops show up. But uh, had I been in a different neighborhood or, or different color of my skin, you know, we've seen it happen. Um, not in Sun Prairie. And to the police officer's credit, he was extremely polite. He was courteous. He understood. You know, he told us he has a job to do. He actually gave out some little badge stickers and wrote, you know, some ice cream coupons for Culver. So, you know, it wasn't a total loss. You know, and and my experience with the police has been positive in the city of Sun Prairie, but uh, certainly in other places that has not been the case. And I just hope that, you know, had this happened in a different neighborhood or or with, a, a, you know, different people, different citizens, that I uh, hope they're treating everyone everyone the same. But I, it does sort of come to mind, you know, when, when people talk about, you know, defunding the police. There was griping about, you know, don't don't they have something better to do? Maybe they do. Maybe there's too many police on the, on the road. You know, I, I think... You know, lighting off fireworks at some point is kind of a victimless crime. You know, I'm sure they're trying to protect property and keep people safe, and that's what they're trying to do. But on the other hand, if you're going to blow your hand off, you know, and not be safe, that's it's kind of on you. Uh, but but in any case, they've got they've got law to enforce, and and 
I think when we talk about defunding the police, a lot of the times it gets miscast as an attack on the police or attack on what they're trying to do. And, and it made me wonder, maybe there's a better way to handle this. Maybe there isn't, you don't need a policeman with a gun and, and a cop car and all the sort of baggage that comes with that, particularly for certain communities. Maybe we'd be better off with a, a, you know, a nurse or an EMT going around explaining, you know, cases where they had seen people with serious injury or, or someone from the fire department who has had to go on a call for a, a fire or dam, you know, damaged property, a roof caught on fire because of a, a, a fireworks and just educate and inform people a little more rather than having to jump right to enforcement. And I think that's what, you know, defunding the police is more about taking the money that maybe they have and reallocating it towards places, um, mental health or education, and, and uh, rather than having to, to focus everything we have on enforcement when things can kind of go wrong. So um, anyway, I, we, we, we ended up having a, a nice time, a nice fourth, and it certainly could have gone worse, um, and, and I'm glad it didn't. But um, I, I, it's a good reminder that we should always be responsible with the police, but also that the police have a, a huge responsibility to keep people safe and, and conduct themselves in professional manners. So we're going to take a little break and come back with my guest, Kristen Grissom, who's the director of the Sun Prairie Parks and Rec and Forestry Department, talk about a little more fun things. And, uh, and we'll, we'll do that right after the break here on What Are We Building on 103.5 FM The Sun. Thanks for listening. So I am actually going to be doing a new TV show. It's going to be a half-hour show, kind of a talk show format, but I'm going to have different guests on every week. My first guest next week will be Alwyn Foster and Faustina Bowling, our two newest elected representatives uh, to the school board and the city council. And it'll be once a month, so a half-hour once a month, and we'll just do a roundup of different news stories, things that have been going on around town, uh, important issues, and just kind of kick them around, hopefully educate you guys a little bit on what's going on, uh, give our thoughts and commentary, and uh, maybe be a little bit entertaining as well. So if, if you want to know more about what's going on, I would really encourage you. The show is called Roundabout Sun Prairie. It'll be available on KSUN uh, and all the usual places, you know, on the website and on the app if you want to watch that. And uh, it'd be good to get some unique perspectives and hear different ideas about uh, different stories around town. So check out Roundabout Sun Prairie on KSUN uh, and, and wherever you get Media Center content. You are listening right now to 103.5 FM, The Sun, uh, Sun Prairie's community radio, available at 103.5 FM and sunprairiemediacenter.com. Uh, you can get our app on the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store, and you can get past episodes of this show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and uh, anchor.fm slash WAWBSP. So uh, main thing I want to plug uh, this week is this scavenger hunt, scavenger race that's coming up on July 31st to benefit the water tower, the historic water tower. And I, we're actually going to jump. I wanted you to hear my conversation. I talked about it with Kristen Grissom, my guest. And uh, up front, I wanted to just you know plug that event, uh, and then we'll get into the full interview after the break. So uh, right here, this is me and Kristen talking about the scavenger race, and uh, we'll come back with, uh, with my guest, the full guest, Kristen Grissom, on what are we building on 103.5 FM. <laughs> Uh, July 31st event yes. with the I'm on the historical museum board and we're doing the scavenger race and so can you give everybody just a couple minutes on what that's all about because I know you guys are really involved with that yeah so and I really can't take much of the credit this is all Jen yeah. and she is amazing I'm just like so impressed Jen Harper who runs yes. the, the museum yeah yep so she's put together the scavenger race there's five race tracks which will be kind of like the 
um, spots where challenge, you know, where the contestants will compete for a challenge. And the cool thing about this scavenger race is that, um, you know, we want people to follow the rules of the road. We want it to be safe. We want people to visit, you know, restaurants and stop in and do some shopping while they're in town. So make a day of it. So yeah, just the like challenge part is timed. It's not like whoever starts and then finishes first. It's just whoever does the each challenge cumulatively in the fastest amount of time. Yep. So there's like five different areas yeah. I gather, and then, yeah, it's a little bit of Amazing Race, a little bit of, like, Minute to Win It, if yeah. you've seen that. And so, yeah, it's very cool. And then the uh, – how much is it – do you know how much it is to register? Yep. So teams – we're taking 100 teams of two. Okay. Um, the cost per team is $80, which seems steep, but – um, the winning there's three prizes, cash prizes. So the first place team will get a thousand dollars, second place will get five hundred, and third place will get two fifty. Um, plus there's tons of door prizes. And then the nice thing about it is that it's going towards the water tower fund. Right. So which needs to um, needs some work, and so you know it's supporting a good cause too. Yeah, I think you know if forty dollars to go to a football game or a concert or something is. It's going to be a limited amount of time, yeah. um, even you know to go play a round of golf. Or there are a lot of different yeah. things you could do for eighty bucks that you don't have a chance to win anything. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, but yeah, for couples or people that want to get out and have fun and enjoy the day, I think it's great. And then yeah, yeah that water tower I believe was up, up last time it was updated was in nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, and so we're over twenty years now and needing some work. A very important kind of historic symbol for the city and we want to make sure that stays safe and is around for another hundred years yeah. so hopefully so um so great uh hopefully people check that out and uh i assume there'll be more info on facebook and yeah. if you go to the sun prairie parks and rec website the division or the page on the city website there's information there yep. oh yeah yep so even if you just go to the city website and search historical museum or just museum you'll be able to find it for sure <laughs> yep. cool if you're interested in signing up because yes. we're looking for people or want to sponsor if you're a yeah. local business and are interested in being a sponsor and helping us out that'd be great yeah so. well thank you for being here Kristen. Yeah, thanks. i <laughs> thanks for having me <laughs> no problem and i think you had mentioned you've kind of been you're you're all over the place lately at the media center and different places because it's summer and it's fun prairie and I, I guess the my first question was just so where did this whole where did this fun prairie concept come from and and what does it mean to you in terms of why you know that we've renamed the city for the month of July yeah it's so funny because I keep getting asked that question and you know it just kind of came like we were the rec team was just brainstorming and it just kind of came to us and honestly I'm like why didn't anyone think of this sooner? It just seems so obvious. <laughs> but really, the idea sparked from um, July being Parks and Recreation Month. Oh, okay. And that's something that our National Association has put out, and it's kind of nationally recognized. And so we're like, we should do something big this year because we've got the splash pad opening. We've got, you know, a summer after COVID. Our pool is opening back up after being closed. Like, let's do something big. And then it was just this funny brainstorming session. And we're like, what if we had an event called Fun Prairie or something tied to Fun Prairie? What if we, you know, had the logo put everywhere? What if we had the mayor change the name of the city? What if we changed the website? It was just like it just kept going and going and yeah, going. Yeah, it becomes and- like the springboard <laughs> yeah. for just all that, which a lot of great ideas yeah. do. Well, that's awesome. And so, yeah, you would mentioned a few of the things and the reasons why that's going on. And one of the things I was curious about, as you mentioned, this is sort of a brainstorming thing Mm -hmm. with your team. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the Parks and Rec Department is something that 
people outside of maybe like sanitation or you know it's certainly the most pleasant way that people interact yeah. with the city you know the I, I talked about in the open the police or if you understand about running with the police mm-hmm. is not generally a pleasant one but uh you know people love their parks yeah. they love the activities and so how many people do you have as part of that and, and you had the department yeah right? and how many people do you have kind of yeah, there. so we have um, in total two full-time recreation staff. Yep. Um, we have another. We have a handful of part-time staff, and then a ton of seasonals. So I mean, kind of like the core group of recreation team. It's really small, but yeah. um, we're a small but mighty team. I will say. And a fairly sizable budget, I would imagine. I don't know where that ranks, kind of within. Yeah, it's interesting. So our on the like taking parks out of it, but on the recreation side of things, so our budget is uh, well. Without getting into too much detail, Mm -hmm. we have basically our general fund, which is the tax supported, but anything that's a direct program cost, that is all fee based. So we actually have a zero, you know impact on the tax base for direct program costs so, so it's it's not coming out of the tax dollars cool. but it's, it's also not sort of contributing all the fees yeah. that people pay for like my kids take swim lessons mm-hmm. every year or all the different activities that are going on um in your your summer fun guide mm-hmm. if you haven't checked those out uh, which are wonderful programs that i think are very affordable and the diversity and different mm-hmm. options might one of my kids is taking hip hop dance lessons, awesome. you know, and so um, yeah. And there's just if you, if you haven't looked and checked that out, there's just a ton of options for people who need kids need stuff to do yeah. during the summertime. But yeah, that those fees you're saying are just sort of revenue revenue neutral. Yeah, and we're really proud of that. I yeah. mean, we want to be fiscally responsible, and that's something that we really try to focus on. And we're actually going through a financial sustainability planning process right now to take a look at how what's the next step so we're already looking at our direct costs how can we try to recuperate some of our indirect costs because we know you know with our park system expanding we also you know we need more resources but how do we have the the least amount of impact on the tax base while being able to you know maintain this level of service that people expect right absolutely and it's one of those things that people i mean parks to me are the first thing i go to when people complain about property taxes it's like Mm -hmm. well you know, if you if you're going to cut property taxes, you're going to have to cut some type of service. And mm-hmm. look, parks are not an essential service. And you might disagree. I with, would disagree you, wholeheartedly. But you know, <laughs> but I, I hear what you're I saying. I hear what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, they're they're hard to pinpoint the direct mm-hmm. benefit all the time. But it's a quality of life issue. It's property mm-hmm. value. Um, the yeah, the people want to live. I have I have three parks that I can walk to from my house that are wonderful. And I'm sure that anybody that would want to buy my house and what they pay for it would look at those things too. And so, yeah. Um, yeah, so those are those are all important things that people should keep in mind yeah. when uh, when they're complaining sometimes about their, <laughs> their tax bill. So how long have you run the department? So I've been here for about just over three and a half years. Okay. So. And came from, where did you come from? Yeah, I came from the city of Rancho Cucamonga in California. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but I was only there for a year in all fairness. I'm from, the, I'm from Waukesha originally and I worked for the city of Waukesha for many years in many different capacities. I gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So grew up in Waukesha County, mm-hmm. in the city of Waukesha. Yep. Yeah, so familiar with Milwaukee and oh, yeah. southern Wisconsin. And then I, it, it is always always sort of interesting to me how people end up kind of in the public sector mm-hmm. as a career because it doesn't necessarily seem like it's something, you know, kids do job training or, you know, yeah. sort of career path things. And it, I don't think that people think about public the public sector or public service. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I, I will promise up front, we're relatively early. I'm not, I'm not, I have not seen more than one or two episodes, I think, of <laughs> Parks, Parks and Rec. So I'll keep the Leslie Nope <laughs> comments and comment. You won't get a lot of that, but you know that that's one perception of it. But then mm-hmm. you know, ki- you know, kids or people who may want to pursue that as a career. How how did you kind of get into it and get on that path? Yeah, it's so funny because I didn't know that Parks and Recreation was a career. So I actually went yeah. to school for small business management. That's what my degree is in, entrepreneurship. Yeah. I always wanted to own my own business. And it's Where'd funny. you go to school? I went to Carroll University oh, in yeah. Russia. Okay, yep. <laughs> and so... You know, I always thought I was going to take over my dad's business, and that was kind of my plan. But um, what did he do? Just out of uh, he writes software. Oh, okay. So <laughs> yeah, so you kind of grow up knowing. That's what yeah. I mean. You kind of grow up knowing, you know, what's in your orbit and what your parents yeah. did, obviously. Yeah, and As then a, I was like, "Ooh, I don't really like. I don't really have a passion in this." And I yeah. just by happenstance got a job for um, the city of Waukesha Park and Rec Department um, when I turned eighteen as a playground leader, and I did that every summer um, in between, you know, the school year and college, and. Every year, I'm like, man, I wish I could make a career out of this. This is so fun. Yeah. And I graduated, and I got a job working for a for-profit um, college. And it just, I, I was miserable. It didn't align with my values. And um, I wasn't there very long. It didn't take me long to realize, like, this is not for me. Right. And simultaneously, an opportunity opened back up. This is before the um, Affordable Care Act, where you could work 40 hours as a seasonal employee year-round. So I did that um, for the city of Waukesha, and I created this teen after-school program at their middle school, brand new, um, because my old supervisor had hired me when I was 18, was like, I've got this opportunity, but I can't give you benefits, but I can give you pretty much full-time work. So it was kind of the story of, like, you just – take a calculated risk and you leap and you move forward and um so I did that not knowing where I was going to land but and at that age it's kind of good experience and you're, you you sort of talk yourself into that and say yeah. well you know yeah yeah I'm going to do this and hope it kind of builds and leads to something else yep and it totally did and I got um enough experience to land a full-time salary benefited position with school um Shorewood School District on the north side of Milwaukee uh-huh. in their rec department it was an arm of the school district and I was there for two years, and then a full-time benefited position opened up back at the city of Waukesha. And so I went back there, thought I was going to end my career there. You know, I loved it there, loved yeah. the community. But then I was just kind of like, I want to see what else is out there. I've lived here my whole life. You know, so I just applied for jobs in different states, got a job out in California. And then I realized, like, I really want to be back in Wisconsin. Yeah, <laughs> so I, here I am. I lived in Texas for a couple of years, and that's the common sort of thing you hear is people – Anybody that leaves the Midwest tends to come back yeah. relatively quickly, especially Wisconsin, and that's yeah. sort of our story. So I'm kind of curious, you know, the, you know, being from Waukesha but having spent time now in Sun Prairie and being involved with both city governments, like mm-hmm. there are similarities in certain ways because they're both suburbs of larger cities, mm-hmm. but obviously differences between Sun Prairie and Milwaukee. What what do you kind of see or what's been your experience in the differences between like a Waukesha versus a, a Sun Prairie. Yeah, so it's interesting. Um, I mean, Waukesha is a little bit bigger, um, and it seems to be maybe a little bit more bureaucratic, which is kind of interesting mm. to think about. Yeah. But um, and and also, in all fairness, I wasn't at the same level that I am here, so I see. So I'm just witness to a lot more here, right? And understand the process, and maybe back there, I was kind of on the back end and just hearing like, "Oh, we can't do this for this, that, and the other," you know. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, but the one thing I will say about Sun Prairie is that it has become my home. You know, I never thought I would get that outside of Waukesha because it's just such a place near and dear to my heart. But um, Sun Prairie has become that. Like, I just never thought I could have that here, and I do. It's like I love my team. I love this community. And I think that's the one thing that about Sun Prairie that just sticks out is, you know, and this was really evident after the explosion, but just, like, how yeah. much people in this community care about one another. And they just... Like, in with our Neighborhood Navigators program, like, mm-hmm. everyone just wraps their arms around the community. And it's just so cool to be a part of and to witness. And people just care about people here. Not that they don't elsewhere, but you just feel that here. Right. No, there is this. I feel this attitude, whether it's Neighborhood Navigators or Sunshine Place or some of the other resources we have available. That whoever, Boys and Girls Club, those kinds mm-hmm. of things that the, the you know, I'm not I'm not that religious, but that, and I'm probably going to. Butcher, there's a there's a line from the Bible that's whatever you do to the least among us, you do to me, and and so whether it's you know I think some of it's from Christian values or some of whatever your your values are that we want whatever the whoever the the most vulnerable or this in the city of Sun Prairie we still want them to be doing better than other places, and I don't I I never really. Have, had that thought till just now, but um, and I didn't realize I'd be quoting, quoting Jesus with the uh, with the Parks and Rec director today. <laughs> you never know what you're going to do. But but there is this sort of sentiment that we all are in this together, yeah. and we want a sort of rising tide lift lift all boats, yeah, um, and not not kind of leave people behind. And so I think that's yeah. kind of what what you're getting at. Yeah. Um, so I, I wanted to kind of go back. How did you end up? Kind of who who hired you or got kind of what's the the structure within? the city of who you kind of roll up to and and how that works. Yeah. So I report to Adam Schleicher, who's the director of public services. So so Parks, Rec, and Forestry slash Museum, um, which is also under Park Park and Rec. Um, So we're part of the public services umbrella. So report directly to to Adam, um, which is really cool to be kind of part of. You know, we work closely with engineering, with public works. So... Yeah, and so yeah, they were, you were just kind of job hunting when you were in California, oh. and yeah, I so I knew I, I wanted to come back. I was pregnant, and I was like, I just want to come back. I don't want to raise a family out there in California, and so I was looking for jobs back home. And I know, um, so Bob Holling, the previous well, there was one other director, and then Bob. Um, but he's regarded really highly in our state association. People yeah. know him. He puts on Prairie on the map as this great parks and recreation department and so when i saw the position i know the posted, name i don't know yeah i don't know bob specifically but yeah he's he i is think amazing. he still does some stuff with the media center here so, yeah, yeah he does yep yeah he built the park system in some prairie like we owe it to him yeah. um uh yeah so when i saw the position was open i i really was interested because i just had known that some prairie was just this great department just from Bob's name and his involvement. So I was like, well, I'll apply. I don't know if I have a shot at it, but you know, here I am. <laughs> and, you got, and you got hired on, or maybe you said this already, but you got hired on directly as the director mm-hmm. then? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think, I don't know, I'm not going to ask you how old you are, but one <laughs> of the things I've sort of been struck with is, I, I, uh, to be honest, is you, for somebody that seems relatively young and um, you have a wonderful grasp of, it's a, it's a large budget, it's a large mm-hmm. staff like we talked about. And I think you do an excellent job sort of keeping things moving forward. And city government can, let's be honest, get bogged down in mm-hmm. some of that bureaucracy sometimes. And um, I, you need somebody that's able to just sort of roll up their sleeves and mm-hmm. jump in and make things happen. And I've, you know, from what I've seen and read and different meetings I look at, it's like when Kristen's in charge or involved with something, it's, <laughs> it's generally getting handled and getting pretty well run. So, um, and those are the things people don't always see 
because it's sort of behind the scenes. They yeah. just see all the the fun of games and the the fun prairie and these nice parks that are being built and and but but don't always see the people that are behind it. So I appreciate that. Oh, thank and, you and to you and your staff. So yeah. Um, so I did want to talk. I, we've got several new parks being built today yep. in Sun Prairie, and I wanted to just review those if people didn't hear that. Kind of go over what is what is coming. Yeah. Um, obviously, people know about the splash pad. We've yep. talked about that all the time. I haven't a chance to be out there, but in terms of what's the show is, what are we building? Yeah. And what is under construction uh, today in in terms of parks? Oh. Well, I've got a long list for you. So um, I think the most recent project, we've built a shelter and restroom facility at Liberty Park. Up so by Buck and Honey is up there? Yeah. Okay. Yep. 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 That's been in the works for a while. Um, got delayed and then finally... Uh, made that happen this year and so it's not open yet it will be soon um we're just waiting on our final punch list and getting some magnetic locks put in um so then we can have it open to the public so um that's coming soon uh so that's and that, that's oh, yeah. really just a, a kind of a shelter and restroom just to kind of make that more of a functional yeah. area and then there's some open green space yep. up there i'm not that familiar with that park but. yeah yeah the park's been established for a while i'm not exactly sure probably early 2000s but yeah that the shelter had always kind of been part of the the plan for that park so just to enhance it now we can you know people can rent that out for events and yeah you know it's a great green space and playground's lovely basketball court parking lot and makes it kind of a real yeah. Park, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yep, that's Liberty Shelter. Um, probably more recently, uh, well, in the, the next project that we're working on is the West Prairie Village Park. Yep. Um, so the playground's getting installed the week of July 12th. Um, that's going to be, you know, a week-long project really quick. It's already mm. concrete work is done at this point, so it's just putting in a playground and surfacing. So how long do you think that will take or when that will be done? Oh, it'll, be, it'll be done before the end of July. Wow. So it's quick. it'll be really quick within a week. Yeah. So. And then, I mean, will you do, do you do like a ribbon cutting typically on this kind of stuff? I mean, I know they had one for the splash yeah. pad or... It'll, How do people know that the park is open and they can go use it? Or, yeah, so you know. we'll probably do some social media posts. And I think, you know, typically it's just interesting because typically we would do a ribbon cutting or dedication event for everything. And it's just, I've actually been thinking, like, I don't know what we're going to do because we have so many of them this year. So, yeah. you know, I, I don't know. It might be something small. But, yeah, and but, especially because that one has been a long time in the making. I know. So I have some friends over who live in West Prairie Village, several friends actually, and there was – a little bit of griping about the size of that park. And so, I, you know, I, I, I said, I will ask. I'm having Kristen on, and how does one decide how big a park gets to be? I assume the developer and whoever owns mm-hmm. that land initially has some say in it, and the city has some say in it. But in terms of the size and the facilities and what goes into a park, how, how who gets to decide that? Yeah, so that's, a lot of that is figured out with the planning team um, when a developer comes in. So we do have – so the way it works is we get park – we collect park impact fees. Right. So, um, and then part of that is... Uh, Which the short version is anybody that wants to build an, apart- an apartment or a new development, anything in the city, they have to pay a fee mm-hmm. and that goes into a general fund, I think, mm-hmm. or, or a park impact mm-hmm. fund, not the general fund. Um, and in fact, a lot of that money was used towards a splash mm-hmm. pad, yep. right? And so then that money can be used to build, this seems like a good system to me. If you yep. want to build something, then let's set some some money aside from the, these developers who are making all this money to invest back in those areas to to build parks yep yep exactly and it's really like the the intent is you know you're bringing more people in and so you also need to maintain standards for your park system and this you know so many acres per 
a thousand residents. Um, and so, you know, some, if a developer should be footing that because they are contributing to the growth. So anything that goes into that park fund has to be something new because of the growth of the city. Sure. So, um, but yeah, so part of, so there's two pieces to the park fund or to park impact fees. So part of it is for land improvements and part of it's for land acquisition. Right. Um, because as I mentioned, you know, we have a standard acreage per thousand residents. And so, um, a portion of that goes towards land. And so a developer can say, okay, well, we're going to dedicate, you know, X amount of acres and then basically dedicate land in lieu of a fee. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So, and there's a standard. So the I don't, city gets something either way. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. And so preferred would be to get the land because otherwise you kind of run into an issue like in in the Providence neighborhood where they paid the fee and now there's really not much land. Uh, right. It doesn't do you much good. Mm-hmm. And they don't, they don't necessarily, people in that neighborhood don't want the Our, money that was coming from those developers for that area mm-hmm. going to a park. You know, we're all, Sun Prairie, we all get to use all our parks, but... Um, you want it to be a neighborhood park. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So, yeah. So long and short of of the um, West Prairie Village. So, the developer provided the. I think it's a 1.4 acre um, chunk of land. Okay. Um, and then, and I'm not sure based on the size of the development if that satisfied the need. I'm guessing probably not. So they probably paid. This was before my time. So. Gotcha. Um, they probably paid a fee in lieu of dedication as well as. Is dedicating that 1.4 so acres kind of hybrid, and then mm-hmm. there will be the additional park coming on Colorado Commons, mm-hmm. which I know is everybody's favorite topic yeah. <laughs> over there. But uh, and how big will that park be? Do you That's know? That's 1.6 acres. Okay. Yeah. And they're kind of, all, I don't know if they're con- are they contiguous or right next door to each they're, other, but yeah, close. they're within a quarter of a mile, and so they're two separate. You know, they're they're not connected, but right. um, but they will function as one park. So we're not just going to duplicate what we put over in West Prairie Village Park. We'll kind of like look at it holistically right right okay yeah so you got that going in west prairie Mm -hmm. village and then what else we are building sunset park so that's the known as the reserve it officially has been named sunset park now um and so in the next couple of weeks here they'll be doing um paving a parking lot doing some concrete work and then that playground will be installed should be done by the end of august so that'll be nice and that's a phased project that's not the only thing that's going to be there but it's going to be in the next 10 years that we really fully develop that park right and i mean i know that it's that's right near token springs mm-hmm. and even with west prairie village is relatively close to um royal oaks but uh, do you guys give consideration to the fact that hey there's a there's a school near there there so there are playgrounds yep. theoretically that kids would have access you know, and how does that play into it? Yeah, we definitely do. So we work right now. We have a contract with Lee Recreation for our playgrounds. We have a two-year contract with them to do design of all of our playgrounds, mm-hmm. and um, they're they're amazing. I, I can't say enough great things about Lee Recreation. But they look at those things before they propose a design. They're out at the school looking at the equipment, so we're not duplicating anything. It's a totally different play experience. Yeah, you don't want to just yeah just be duplicating what's already at the school available. I'll try to have different different activities or those kind of things. Yeah. And then there there will not be a dog park. I know that was at one time there was discussion mm-hmm. about a second dog park up there, a smaller one and um, do you remember, can you kind of walk through I'm trying to remember now why that yeah. decision was made. Yeah, so I think there was some concern. Well, there's a couple of reasons. So there was some concern upon um, from residents of that neighborhood of the traffic coming in, having dogs yeah, in there and everybody's plus always Everybody always wants a dog park or other things somewhere else. Yes, totally. And, you know, and part of it, too, is it didn't necessarily fit because it's a, it, 
uh, the Sunset Park is really kind of a natural themed park. Okay. And playing off of, you know, being right by the creek and trying to make it more of this natural learning space. The playground is nature themed. Yeah. Um, and trying to play off some passive recreation. You know, the, the end goal is to have some lookouts to the creek mm. and some mode trails throughout. And so, you know, the dog park doesn't necessarily fit yeah, in with that chain kind link of... fence and having it. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. yeah. So, and then part of it too, is kind of a multitude of factors, but then also like we really would have been only able to dedicate three acres. And at that point, it's not, there's a need for more acreage. Um, so it probably wouldn't have satisfied the actual need. Yeah. So at this point, the goal is to take the money that would have been invested in that and then kind of do some enhancements to the existing dog park. Oh. We also have... I, I mean, I, I, I don't take my dog to, park to, dog to the dog park anymore. He's... <laughs> He's got it. He's got issues, he's psychological <laughs> issues. But um, we have in the past, and it seems like, I mean, there's certainly plenty of room at the existing dog park. I don't know. You probably get numbers on licenses and things and dog life, and everybody should license their dog, but prob- many probably don't. And do you have a sense of kind of how is that dog park you guys feel overutilized, underutilized currently? What's the feeling on that? It's definitely utilized a lot. So there's definitely a lot of use. And even with COVID, we've seen an uptick in people using the dog park. Sure. Um, We were able to, so when COVID first, like, shut everything down, we shut the dog park down. And it's a blessing in disguise because we were able to then take that time it was shut down without, like, taking it out of service, you know, for users. I mean, I guess it was, but not by choice. Right. Um, And pave, or not pave, but put some gravel trails in there. Oh, nice. And so that was really nice to be able to make some space usable because it does get really wet there. Yeah. And so that's part of the enhancements is being able to take some additional acreage within the dog park and making it more usable by putting some boardwalk in um, in some of the wetter areas. So yeah. yeah, that lower area always was really bad. Yeah. So I don't know that I've been out there since since COVID, so I maybe I should go check it yeah, out. Yeah, it's really nice. Yeah. We've got some gravel trails and yeah. Cool. Makes it a little more accessible. Well, we are kind of getting low running out of time. Are there are there any other major projects you have coming up on the horizon we should talk about or yeah, we've got our skate park edition ex- okay. expansion project that's going to be kicking off at the beginning of August. That'll be a real quick one Should be done by fall. Um, we're working on design of the Smith's Crossing shelter, so that'll be mm. constructed. It's been proposed as a 2022 CIP project. So working on the design through that, just got some conceptual imagery right now, and we'll be fine-tuning that over the next several months. And then, um, oh, we have tennis court resurfacing it at Orphan Park. So. Oh. That'll Lovely. be, yeah, that'll be coming. We don't have that scheduled. We're working through. We have a contract. We're just trying to work on figuring out yeah, when we can fit into the contract. That's kind of schedule. my home park. We, uh, my <laughs> dog, my, we don't go to the dog park because he all, doesn't play well with others all the time. But <laughs> in the wintertime, we'll take him and let him run around the tennis courts. You know, oh. And he loves that. So that's I'm going to pretend I didn't hear you say that. <laughs> right, we'll, we'll, add it, we'll add it that <laughs> part of it. Out. Is that illegal? <laughs> I um, mean. <laughs> um, it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Not the resurfacing affects that at all, no, but no. Um, but yeah, he's he's a tennis court dog. He's not a dog. Fair park, enough. Dog fair park enough. dog. But yeah, I know those um, those tennis courts at Orphan do get used quite a bit, and uh, could use could use some resurfacing. Yeah, so they're in rough be good. shape. Yeah. That'll be good. Cool. Well, that is all I got today. Cool. I appreciate it coming yeah. in, and it was a good chat. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. This was fun. I appreciate it. Well, my thanks to Kristen. I, I really do 
love the parks here in Sun Prairie, and I like that we have more parks coming. And it's really a big part of what we people love about uh, living here. And so I, th- I thank her and her staff for all they do. You listen to 103.5 FM, Sun Prairie's community radio station. I am Andy Shaner. Stay tuned for more local talk, sports, music, and community events.